Now, before I begin, can you all say, I'm more than a conqueror? Say it with me. I am more than a conqueror. Amen. You are more than a conqueror. You are a winner. You're a champion. Yes, you may be going through experiences that contradict this statement. We're not saying this based on our experience. We're saying this based on the word of God. If God has declared that we are more than conquerors, that shall be my confession. That shall be what I believe. Because when I believe what God says, my present circumstances are turned around to align with what God's word says. And that's when I begin to experience and enjoy his promises. Say amen. Amen. All right. Today, I want to start on a subject called power of thanksgiving. There is tremendous power in thanksgiving. And I want you to understand that. But let's start with the scripture. Psalm 92 verse 1 and 2. Are you all there with me? Maybe you can display it on the screen for everybody. It is a good thing. Everybody say good thing. Amen. It is a good thing to do what? To give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name. Hallelujah. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and sing praises unto the name unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Child of God, I don't know what you're going through. Maybe it is a difficult time. Maybe you're suffering, you're lacking, your heart is aching. I don't know. But let me tell you this. The very fact that you're alive and breathing is enough to praise his holy name and give thanks and glorify his name. So no matter what you're going through, no matter what your experience is, good, bad, ugly, we should take the opportunity to thank the Lord, showing our gratitude. We should learn to be people who are always grateful to God, remembering this, that he always plans the best for me. The present circumstances may not seem like it, but even through that, God will shape and mold me and use those circumstances to fulfill my destiny. Say Amen. Hallelujah. So let's get into this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18. Look at this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. What is the will of God? In everything give thanks unto the Lord. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So the question is, how do you give thanks to God? when things don't go well. I mean, I can understand when things go well, you're successful, uh, you're, whatever you put your hands into has prospered, or you, are, you have been victorious in a situation, you passed your exam, you got a job, you found an, your dream job. It's easy to say, thank you, Lord, and shout hallelujah and dance before the Lord. But it is not easy to do the same and give thanks to God when you've lost your job, or you've lost something, or you lost a loved one, or you've had a bad experience that has shaken you up. It's not easy. But the Bible says, in everything give thanks. Now the question is, how do I do this? Well, listen to me carefully. Generally, we associate the word thanksgiving to a good event. So when something happens which makes you happy and glad, we associate it with giving of thanks. So if somebody does a favor to you, you say thank you. If something good happens, you say thank you. And it's not a problem at all. It's easy. And so we attach it to an emotion. But today we're talking about the power of thanksgiving. 
I want you to know that Thanksgiving is not just an emotional experience of what you've gone through. Yes, it is that, but it's not limited to that for God's people. You've got to understand that Thanksgiving is more than an emotional response. If you realize honestly what it is, then you won't stop thanking the Lord. Okay. Now, let me say this. In 1 Corinthians, let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We are fighting a spiritual battle. Amen. We are fighting a spiritual battle. And you cannot win a spiritual battle with natural weapons. So when the attack comes, when you're attacked by the enemy, and uh, you've lost something, and it's very painful, you're going through a terrible experience, I can understand in the natural, it is impossible to say thank you. But, hallelujah, if you realize that this is a weapon, somebody say weapon, Thanksgiving is not just an emotional response, but Thanksgiving is a weapon in the realm of the spirit to paralyze the enemy, to cause what the enemy has done against you to be turned around. Say, thank you, Jesus. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So when I begin to say, thank you, Jesus, it doesn't mean that I'm happy. It doesn't mean that my, I have to sh I stop crying. Tears may be rolling down my cheeks and my heart may be broken and I may be shaken on the inside, but I'm not responding through my emotion. I know that I'm using a weapon that God has given me to overcome what the enemy has done to me. Now, watch this. I'm thanking the Lord. Glory to God. Listen. I want you to understand this. I'm thanking the Lord, not based on emotion, but I'm thanking God based on his character. Hallelujah. He is, the, he is not the author of evil. He doesn't make a person sick and he doesn't cause accidents. The Bible tells us, I have come to give you life and give it more abundantly. My God is a God of abundant life. My God is a God who wants to bless me, increase me, prosper me, and cause me to be a blessing to others. But sometimes in the process of maturing me and developing my character, I might be thrown into situations which seem demonic, which seem horrible, but God can turn all that around in our favor. Isn't that what happened with Joseph when he was, uh, when he shared his dream, the brothers got jealous and threw him into the prison. I'm sorry, threw him into the pit. But in the pit, now listen, Joseph was the one that was able to hear what God was saying. He had a, he had a dream from God. God told him what he would become. But the next thing he realized is he's not a leader, but he's a slave. How contradictory it is to what he had seen in the dream. But he was not shaken. No matter where he was, whether he was in the pit, whether it was in Potiphar's house or whether he was in prison, he never lost his school, never blamed anybody. He trusted in God because the Bible tells me that the Lord was with Joseph and Joseph was a prosperous man. He made sure no matter what condition he was in, he would not blame God. He would not curse God. He would not question God, but he made sure that no matter what the physical circumstances and situations and challenges were, that his relationship with God was 
perfect. His intimacy with God was not tampered with. He, he, he made sure that God was with him. Let me tell you this. As you're going through that difficult time, or you may go through this difficult time, make sure you don't blame God. Make sure you don't question God. Make sure you're not saying, God, why did you do this? I mean, if you are truly a loving God, why did this happen to me? This is how many, many so-called Christians respond or react. But that's not how we're supposed to react. We have to be, we have to trust the character of God, that God is a good God and God, you know, no matter what the reason is that I find myself in this situation or maybe I, I trap myself because of the wrong decisions I made, my God can deliver me out of that situation. My God can set me free from that situation. My God can make me successful once again. Maybe I lost everything, but God can restore everything. Our God is a God of restoration amen hallelujah God knows we make mistakes he's not holding it but if I come to him and say Lord I'm sorry for making that decision I'm sorry for making this you know whatever thing that I did Lord I'm really sorry God will forgive and God will restore it back to us so what happened Joseph no matter where he was he made sure that God was with him the Bible says when he was in Potiphar's house that the Lord was with Joseph and Joseph was a prosperous man and whatever he did for Potiphar it prospered then again, we find the same thing happening in the prison. He was framed, charged, you know, unjustly and thrown into prison. Yet, he made sure he did not let bitterness, envy, jealousy, hatred take over. He made sure God was still in control of his heart and his mind. So the Bible says once again that the Lord was with Joseph and God, and he was a prosperous man, and God gave him favor with the head of the prison, right? Amen. So also, let me tell you, because he maintained an attitude of gratitude. Lord, I know all things work together for good to them that love God and to, to them that love God and to, to those who are called according to his purposes. Isn't that what uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 28 says? So we have to trust in his word. So maybe you're going through a very difficult time. Maybe somebody in, in your family is in the hospital and the doctors are not giving a good report. Or maybe you lost your job and, and your son is not doing well in school and, and you have all these bad things happening. Don't begin to blame yourself. Don't begin to blame God. Don't begin to look at others and blame others. But take responsibility and say, Lord, I don't know what I did. Maybe I made a mistake. Lord, please forgive me of my mistake. But Lord, I want to make sure I do not hold a grudge against anybody. I will not hate anybody. If they have hurt me, I'm releasing them, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I forgive them. But Lord, I want to make sure I maintain an attitude of gratitude towards you. Hallelujah. Because I know whatever you plan for me is always for my good and not for my evil. Amen. Is that, is that what God said in his word in them? Um, let me see this one in them. Um, Hang on. Um, oh, sorry. Um, oh, I forgot the reference. Hang on. Um, where did I, what, what did I say? I forgot about that. Hang on. Anyway, let's go back. Okay. No matter all things work together for good to them that love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So I believe in what God said. I believe in what his word says. So right now my situation may not be very conducive. Right now, I may be going through a lot of pain and agony. Like right now, my heart may be shaken and shattered. Right now, I'm in tears. Yes. But in the midst of that, I want you to understand there is power in giving thanks to God. When we begin to thank God in such situations, you know what happens? 
God intervenes into our situations. You know why? Because he's moved by our faith and trust in the character of God. Because we are expressing to God, Lord, I may be broken. I may be beaten. I may be crying, shedding tears, but I don't blame you. I trust you. I love you. I give thanks unto you. I don't know, Lord. I know you are my only deliverer. You're my only source of supply. You're my only answer, Lord. Nobody else. I look to you, my God. When I have that attitude, God begins to move. Say amen. Hallelujah. All right. So what we're looking at is that this is a spiritual weapon. All right. So let's go to the scripture portion in Acts chapter 16, please. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Stop. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. Glory. Well, what happened actually over here? Paul and Silas were being followed by this young damsel or young girl who was possessed by the spirit of Python. One of the translations says that, divination. And she began to tell everybody that these are men of, uh, men of the holy God, holy men of God. Well, Paul was vexed and so he cast the devil out and set that young lady free from demonic oppression and possession. He never harmed anybody. He never hurt anybody. He helped that lady come out of the oppression and the possession of the devil. But it upset everybody around. Amen. So they caught hold of them. They beat them up. They and threw them into the prison. Actually, the Bible says they threw them into their dungeon. It was a very, uh, it was a bad place, stinking, rats running. Their feet were in stock. If you read a few verses prior to this, you will find that their feet were in stock and the place was a smelly place. And yet, Paul and Silas discovered the power of thanksgiving. He's the one that taught us, you know, time and time again, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, rejoice in the Lord. When he wrote those scriptures, rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say, rejoice in the Lord. He was writing those words from a prison. He was imprisoned. It was not a convenient, comfortable place that he wrote it from. He didn't, he was not staying in a nice, beautiful location, uh, staying in a nice five-star facility. No, he was in prison when he wrote those scriptures, when he wrote that letter and said, rejoice. And again, I say, I rejoice. Hallelujah. So he knows the power of being grateful to God, the power of thanksgiving and the power of praise. Say, amen. Hallelujah. So knowing this is good, but it's not enough to know. You have to do it. If you're only a hearer and not a doer of the word, the Bible says you are a deceiver. You deceive yourself. So when you know the truth, do the truth. Today I'm teaching you this truth. Maybe you know it, but I'm going to, I'm encouraging you again to do it, to become a doer of the word and not just a hearer. As you begin to do, you will see and experience the power of God manifest in your life. Amen. And maybe not as immediately as in this case, as we study this, I will share with you. But certainly God will come through in your situation. Here we see an instant miracle taking place. They began to praise and they began to worship God and they began to pray. How did they do it? Did they hide their faith? No, they didn't care who was in the prison. Others were criminals who were around them, but they didn't care who was around and who was hearing them. They wanted to make sure that they were praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say, praise the Lord, everybody. Say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just say, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. 
you know. And so he says, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and um, and the and the and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, Hallelujah! Says suddenly, suddenly there was a great earthquake. Glory be to God. Something began to happen. What they were doing moved something in the heavenlies. Moved something in heaven. Suddenly there was an earthquake. God responded to their praise. Let me tell you, my friend, when I and you begin to praise God from the depths of our heart, even when our heart is broken and our tears are rolling and our heart is shaken and the whole situation is, is uh, you know, is beyond our control. If we trust God and we begin to praise him and we begin to pray and we begin to give thanks to God, something is about to happen. Something will happen and God will initiate that. I begin to initiate praise and thanksgiving and God initiates an action. Suddenly there was an earthquake. Hallelujah. So the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. Glory. What a mighty miracle. What am I teaching? I'm telling you that as we do this, we can expect heavenly intervention. So thanksgiving causes heavenly intervention in our situations. Say amen. Heavenly intervention. And it is so supernatural, it baffled everybody. Every door was open, every shackle was loosed, and everybody was set free. But the good thing about this earthquake, if the foundations were shaken, but the building did not collapse. Praise be to God. So when God does something, he doesn't hurt people. Glory. Amen. There was an earthquake and the building shook, but the building shook only to cause the windows and doors to open and the shackles to be loose. And so the Bible says now, and the prisoner, keeper of the prison, awaking, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. He said, it's all gone. It's all over. No, that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at how, what an impact this had. Let me show, share a little story with you. You know, when I was a young man, um, my father died unexpectedly, suddenly. He was only 53 years old when he died. And I, I was outside the country. And the news came that he, had been, that he had been promoted to glory to be with the Lord. And everything, I mean, I was shattered. Everything that we were doing was shattered. We didn't know what was next in life. Because I was just in starting the ministry and I, uh, and uh, we just launched the King's Temple. It was only an year old or so, uh, just about a year, year and a half. And uh, it was a fledgling church and um, we don't know what was going to happen. And uh, we were really broken on the inside. My mother was terribly broken as a young lady. And... Um, but every, and all our relatives were asking the question, why? Why did God do this to you? And you have to understand the pressure we were under because 90% of my father's family were still non-Christian. They were from a Hindu background. And they were all doing well. And they knew how vocal my father was about his faith and how committed he was in serving God. He was serving God in many capacities, working in the government as an engineer, but serving God in many, many capacities all over. And uh, our faith was, people knew that we were people of faith. And as I had said, we had already started the church. 
And um, so these questions were pouring in. Why did God do this? You said God is a God of love. Why did God kill your father? And they asked my mother, why did God kill your husband? If it was a loving uh, for God, why would he do this? You know, one thing I knew in my heart, and I always stood on it, is God is not the author of this. God is not the reason why my dad died. It must be something else. And we did find out later it was something else. But the point is that people would not accept it. They thought this was a punishment. They thought that God was angry and whoever and whatever they had done, that we were being punished. And what, you know, all kinds of things were being spoken about our family. It was a very, very challenging time. We were not very strong. I mean, we were just growing in the Lord at that time. But anyway, after his um, the funeral and all that, they had this memorial service. And uh, there were quite a lot of people coming and talking many, many good things about my dad. And I was standing right at the back. I didn't want to be spotted. So, and I was crying, standing alone at the back of the hall. And somebody saw me who was on the stage and said, please come. I had to go and they said, please say something. And I said, only one sentence. I said, and even now, if I think of it, it just shakes me up, you know. I said, God never makes mistakes. And I honestly believe that with all my heart. I never ever blame my God for what happened because I know my God is a good God and my God doesn't do such things. So when I'm talking about this, Thanksgiving is a weapon. You know, I'm talking with experience. I'm not teaching you something from a book. I know what it is. I know I've experienced this. So I'm encouraging you. Listen, maybe you can identify with me. Many of you have lost your loved ones in the recent past to COVID or whatever, and you might have been shaken. And sometimes your faith is shaken. And that's what the devil wants. And I want to remind you, please don't let the devil take over. Please don't let the devil win in your situation. Don't blame God. I never blame God. I did not know what was going to happen. But many years down the road, you see how God has blessed us. People thought it was all over. Ministry was over. Everything would be folded up. There would be no more church. But look at the faithfulness of God. Amen. God is a faithful God. We're going to study more about this as we go on. You know, so the thing that I want to say is this, no matter what you have gone through, remember the Lord is in control and he will cause all things to work together for good. Hallelujah. See how he turned everything. At that moment, we had no answers. At that moment, we could not answer the questions that people asked. And even our own minds were beginning to ask. We had no answers. But our, our, you know, our anchor was the word that God is a good God. God is a God that can turn all evil around for good. That no matter what the enemy has done, he can turn it around for good. And that even if it was our mistake or something that we had foolishly done, he is the God of forgiveness and a God who delivers us and once again promotes us to victory. Say Amen. Hallelujah. So as we continue on this subject, I will take you further. But I'm going to refer to this again. But let me close with this regarding Joseph. Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. You know the time when Joseph had become a prime minister and all his brothers and father, they were facing the famine and they had no food to eat. They had to come to Egypt to, to buy. They had money but no food. So they came with money to buy. And uh, you know when Joseph 
look at what happens when Joseph identifies with them and they begin to know who this, this great prime minister is, that it is their own brother. This is what he said. But as for you, you thought evil against me. You, you know, you thought of killing me. You thought evil against me. But God, somebody say, but God, hallelujah. No matter what any man tries to do to hurt you, to pull you down, to destroy your destiny, if man is behind it, then let me tell you, but God, hallelujah. The thing is, you have to learn to live like Joseph. In Potiphar's house, he made sure his relationship with God was strong. That he made sure he was living in righteousness. See, we have been blessed with the gift of righteousness. That is right standing with God. Let's not live a life where we are convicted of sin and, we're, and we feel guilty and separated from God. No, make sure that every day when you pray, when you read the Bible and spend time with God, that there is nothing that blocks the flow of the spirit in your life. Make sure that there is nothing that will distract you from God and cause you to love other things more than you love God. Joseph loved God. God loved Joseph. Hallelujah. It's a love affair between God and man. And that's the key. So Joseph, he did not let his circumstances or situations or what people did to him take control of him and turn him into a man of revenge or vengeance. No, he made sure that none of them contaminated his heart and made sure also that his relationship with God was strong in such a manner that God was well pleased with him and God's presence was with him. The Lord was with Joseph. It should be said about each one of us, the Lord is with so-and-so. The Lord is with pastor. Therefore, what? The favor of God is being shown. Hallelujah. The Lord was with Joseph. So Joseph was a prosperous man. So when the Lord is with us, no matter what others try to do, no matter what circumstances try to do, we will always be prosperous and move forward. No matter how much they try to hold you back, when God blows his wind, he will project us and propel us forward that no force in hell can stop you from moving forward into your destiny. Somebody shout amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. So as I close today, but we have not finished the subject, I'll be carrying on teaching on the subject, but let me remind you that you make sure that your heart is right with God. You make sure that you're not blaming God. You make sure you're not questioning God. You make sure that in the midst of that pain, of the loss of the job, or the loss of whatever, or the pain you're going through in your body, or whatever it is, you say, Lord, I thank you. Not because of what I feel, but because I trust you. And I know thanksgiving is a weapon. So I'm going to thank you and I'm going to praise you and I'm going to worship you like Paul and Silas. Knowing this, my God, hallelujah. You know, when they were in prison, they didn't look at who can we contact, which minister can we talk to, and uh, who, whose influence can we use. No, they said, come on, in the middle of the night, let's praise God. They want a divine intervention. If you desire divine intervention in your situation, if you desire God to intervene and to set you free, to, to deliver you, to heal you, to bless you, to prosper you, to increase you, let me tell you, begin to thank the Lord. It's a weapon. It'll always work and never fail. Say amen. Hallelujah. So bless the Lord. So today I want to encourage you from this day forward, make up your mind like Paul and Silas. You will only say thank you, God, and you will never blame God for anything. God doesn't like complainers. Complaining actually attracts the wrath of God. We'll look into that later on. Okay. But for now, may the Lord bless you with this word. Trust you were blessed. Were you blessed? Amen.